Today we're um, you know, doing something a little little different. We're at um, Three Greens Brewing HQ. And, uh, <laughs> Very different. Yeah. It's not my shed. It's not Dave's shed. No. So we've been uh, invited, if you like, to the uh, to the Three, three Green Brewers HQ, like I said, and uh, and we're going to taste their three beers that they have on uh, out on the market at the moment, and uh, they'll share a little bit of their their journey. And I guess perhaps I'll start off with. Um, who are the three greens? Well, um, we introduce them. We've got Julian, G'day. Nick, G'day. And, uh, and Luke. How's it going? Do you guys want to go through the beers and, and tell us what we're tasting today? Yep. So the first beer we'll be tasting is the uh, Sunrise Ale. Um, when we set out to make this beer, it's, uh, it, it's basically our session ale, um, but we wanted to make it uh, approachable, but still uh, with enough going on to keep the, uh, the beer nerds interested. Beautiful. Fair enough. So we sort of started with, it, it's pretty much a blonde ale base. Um, it's got some toffee malts and some rice in the mash. Sure. Um, and the uh, hop profile is uh, closer to an XPA. Um, so it's nice and light in colour, uh, but still pretty easy drinking and a nice uh, nice hoppy finish. And absolutely perfect uh, in uh, the stinking hot summer weather that we've been having. <laughs> Fair enough. So, just, so we need some more glasses here. Yeah, you got your... Um, yeah, yep. All right. Oh, we're not going to be the only two. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So while we're pouring that, do you want to maybe chat about how you guys got together? Like your childhood friends? What, what's the go? Sure. Uh, so the three of us have all been home brewers since forever. Um, I work at an airline with Luke. That's how I met Luke. Yep. And uh, Julian's wife has, uh, went to primary school with my wife, so that's how I met Julian. Yeah, right. And... Um, it was about a year and a half ago. I showed Luke the wings that I had drawn for my homebrew, and he said, uh, I know some guys that own a brewery. They can brew this, you know, do a batch commercially for us. I love awesome. the wings. Let's do it. Yeah, and right. uh, that was a year and a half ago. We launched our first beer, which is uh, the one we're going to try next. What's that, a year and a half ago, did you say? A year and a half ago we, okay. was the crazy idea that happened in the Baden-Powell in uh, Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> and, was, uh, and then we officially committed to it in another mate's uh, backyard where he was having a going away party. He was off to, uh, to do some flying over in Vietnam and I think it was there where we uh, said, well, sort of up. said, okay, you know, that, uh, like we, we were talking rubbish the other night at the pub, but <laughs> no. are we actually going to do this? And yeah, I sort of said, well, you know, I've, I've been looking for something else to, to work on other than planes because that's... You know, interesting, but it also drives you nuts. <laughs> um, you know, so why don't we get into another industry with uh, no profit and, and lots of regulation? <laughs> lots of regulation, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, we decided we had too much money and time on our hands, so we needed a way to get rid of both. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was about a year and a half ago, and it took us the better part of a year till we brought our first beer to market. Oh, right. Which so was July last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. July last year. 2018. So, so it took us 10 to 11 months to get everything everything sorted. Okay. We probably could have done it a little quicker, but that's how long it took. Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, if you're working full-time, that's... Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah, I mean, we, we're all priority. working full-time, and we've done pretty much everything um, to do with this company to the extent that we can do it ourselves. We have done it ourselves. Good sure. you know, mm. So, Nick uh, like, had to learn Photoshop, for example, and uh, he's done right. all of the... Label designs and candy. Yeah, right. Well, done. I did all the label yeah, designs. Well I had to teach myself very rapidly about dot gain, CMYK, color gamuts, <laughs> dealing with printers, and yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, different substrates and all that sort of thing. I'm already bored. <laughs> so, so you said so. This wasn't the first one you released. No, this was the second. We 
we're going to release them concurrently. They were only a couple of weeks apart. Sure. Okay. So we had both recipes ready to go. Sure. But it just happened that um, being in the middle of winter, we decided, oh, well, we'll launch with the darker one, the red. Sure. Um, even though yeah. they were a couple of weeks apart. Yeah, yeah, so two weeks later when it was still the middle of winter, it still wasn't a great time to launch a summer ale. Um, <laughs> but we did it anyway. But we did it. There are parts of Australia that still have summer all the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's just very expensive to get beer to those parts of Australia. <laughs> and did you launch in, in cans or... Like, did you... Cans and kegs. Yeah, so kegs we did, yeah, we did about 50-50 into 50-litre kegs and, um, yeah, about half into cartons. So we went for the 355 mil cans. Yep. Sure. Into and 24 slab cartons. How did you get it into venues? How did, like, did you go and approach venues to, to get it? Yeah? Yeah, one yeah. by one. One by one. Just old school, hitting the pavement. Hitting well and it's, it's saying it's... I think what I, I certainly what I didn't realise getting into the business was that it's um you know the the fun part is uh you know doing test batches on the uh, on the homebrew setup and picking out different label designs and beer yep. names and all that sort of stuff. Uh, selling beer is not well, I don't find it much fun. <laughs> it's also a lot harder work, and especially when sure. you've got a full time job and everything. You know you'd go yeah. you, you might get a few hours a night. I've also got a young child, which. Uh, these two are about to find out what that's all oh, about yeah. as well. They, <laughs> both, their, both their wives are expecting uh, in the next sure. little while. So, um, yeah, just ju- just the lack of uh, the lack of time to go out and sell beer is a real killer. And especially then when you go out and there's just there are so many beers on the market at the moment. Choice. There are reps yeah. out there. Um, sure, you yeah. know you can. Mm. You get out there and sometimes you walk into a bar and you might be third in line to speak to the manager. <laughs> is that right? Behind yeah. other reps. Wow. Um, it's real. <clears throat> A lot of really good beers out there, this and yeah. just to for us to carve ourselves a little niche and a little um, name, like a point of difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's a bit hard. So that's why we've gone with you know the rye angle, which you guys will try after this one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but otherwise, it's just about said creating a relationship with yep. those people. Mm. You know, you come in, you, you've got free beers to, <laughs> for them. So already, that's sure. a bit. That's a bit of a warmer um, yeah, yeah. lead, and then uh, you try and have a chat, and then uh, you take it from there. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to say, we we've done a lot of different beers, and we go in, and a lot of times we're choosing on the labels. Like we're yeah, looking at, of course, we're looking at a wall of beers, and yeah. you don't know why one's better than the other. So a lot of times we're choosing on labels. So yeah. you guys have done really well with your the range of your labels, keeping them all consistent across the, yeah. the and range. And that's that's why I went with the sliders <clears throat> on the side. You go around on the right-hand side of the label, so <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. you can't see into a can. Yep. You don't know how light or how dark it is. You sure. don't know how bitter it is. Yep. So that's why I've gone that's with those. That's a great idea. And I actually, sliders. I really like the session versus saver. That was works idea because because uh, <laughs> a lot of them are um, uh, scales that don't sort of mean much to the average punter. Yeah. So that's why yeah. we we tried to keep it nice and nice and simple and relatable. So yeah, obviously light dark. You know, that's hey, do I feel like something light? That's or right. Or something yeah. dark. You know, is it more uh, malt-driven or hop-driven? And then session or saver. So is it something that I, you know, want to pour into a glass and admire for half an hour and let it warm up and let it breathe and sip on all that sort of stuff? Or or, uh, or do a centurion off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Responsibly, of course. (laughs) Well, that's... we. I don't know if you've listened to any of our... many of our episodes, but we... Uh, class uh, the, the lighter side of beers we class it as a lawnmower lawnmower beer, beer. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'd say this is this, this is, a this is an beer. awesome lawnmower beer oh it is it is on a hot day 
it is absolutely it is a ripper. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty nice, and we should probably touch on. We haven't talked about Serrano. We said it was all about the beer. Okay, come on. So um, four and a half ABV on that there, and uh, I thought there was more on the can on EBCs, but I know some other. <laughs> oh no, the um, the EBC and the IBU they're on the website. On the website, yeah. No, sure. I um, I didn't put them on the can because. Truth be told, we didn't know what they were going to be before we did the recipe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, fair enough. Hundred percent honesty. Yeah, um, yeah. Because this was the first commercial batch we did. Well, these two were the first commercial batches we did. We didn't know exactly how it was going to scale up. Um, yeah, we were going in blind on a lot of aspects, even though we were working with very experienced brewers. Sure. Um, by the by, the time it comes to brew day you're well past the point where you need labels printed. Oh, they need to be right. done months earlier. Yeah, right. So, and we were still doing test recipes, so we were still mm. sort of working out where the beer was going to sit. So I didn't want to tie myself on the label to something that it might not have been. Yeah, sure. So that's why I didn't... I know I had to put ABV on there, of course, and that's yeah. something we can very tightly control. Yep. But EBC and IBUs, um, I left off there very specifically for that reason. That's so interesting. Are they... Um, Tested in the lab, then the IBUs. Like, no, that- no, you can. Um, the ones that I've published on the website are calculated. Sure. <clears throat> so based on the brewing software, and right, you yeah. can get them pretty pretty spot on. Yeah. Okay. Based on the inputs of the grain properties and all of yeah, that sure. sort of stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Now it was it's eighteen IBUs, so it's quite sort of um, well, not overly bitter, and um, ten ABC, so quite light. Well, so that's yeah. a sort of straw. Definitely yeah. straw. Yellowy, yeah, yeah. colour. Um, Sunshine in the glass. Yeah. Sunshine <laughs> in the glass, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's quite tasty. That is a I ripper. mean, you said it's like XBA it. style, and it is, um, yeah, quite quite hoppy. And, yeah, um, it's, a, it's a light beer, but um, with with a fair bit of hops up front, so that's kind of a pale ale cross with an IPA, you come up with sort of XPA. Mm. Um, on that note, we've had... a a lot of confusion about the name of this beer. So it's called Sunrise Ale. And at the time, I named it Sunrise Ale because I thought, that's great. It sounds summery. It doesn't tie it to being a pale ale or an XPA or a blonde ale. So it can kind of float between them. What we found is that people have no idea what it is and they're just yeah, confused right. by the name. Rather than going, oh, yeah, that's that's neat, that's novel, they say, Oh, I don't know what the name means, and so they don't buy it for that mm. reason. Oh, wow. um, once they try it, they love it. So yeah. at the beer festivals we had, we poured nothing but this beer all day. Right. Yeah, right. But the tap did not stop because mm. people would oh. try it, and they said, we love it. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, but the name has caused all sorts of confusion. So we're actually rebranding this one. It'll be the same beer, but we're going to call it an XPA. Yeah, okay. So we're going to go into, we're going to call it the Bug Smasher, which is a slang term for a light aircraft because the prop, Smashes bugs, <laughs> and uh, so we've designed new artwork for it. So we're nice. using that on oh, our wow. tap decals now. So when we sell a keg of it, it'll be the Bug Smasher XPA. Yeah, but we've still got to run out these cans. I mean, we could actually relabel them if we wanted. Just stick a new label over on the, the top. top. Yep, that sounds like a bad day at work. <laughs> bad day at work, and it's a lot of money. These will be worth money. What are we doing opening these? Now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was a couple, couple of them. <laughs> yeah, so. That was kind of one of those yeah. lessons we learned Lesson about, one. Yeah, about yeah. branding and marketing. Sure. That just because it made sense to us didn't mean it was going to make sense to a, a general yeah, audience. Yeah, because yeah, we yeah, asked our friends and everything, but they knew the story about us. Yeah, sure. 
but someone going into a bottle shop, even though the can looks great, it's got yeah. good contrast between the two colours, the name, people would look at it and go, don't know what it means. Wow, okay. Yeah. So that was that was a common question that we got at the beer festivals that we've done is, what's a Sunrise Ale? Yeah, sure. okay. um, yeah, you know, whereas with the, the the Red Rye IPA, they look at it and go, "Well, that's obviously a Red Rye I know IPA." What it is. And yep. Yep. the Nighthawks are Rye Double IPA. Yep. So, so it's also just getting that consistency. And do we give the beer a slang name? Mm-hmm. Do we give it a name that describes what it is, or mm-hmm. a combination of both? And um, I think as we drink the other beers, we'll probably explain how what yep. we've settled on is giving each beer effectively a nickname, but then also saying what it is. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So the new branding title. for this beer will be Bug Smasher XPA, yep. so it's got the nickname Bug Smasher yep. as well as the description of, yep. Yep. You, know, right. you know what you're going to get in the can. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I reckon that's not a bad idea. Um, talking about the, the aviation with the, the Bug Smasher, mm. um, the name as well, Three Greens. Got to talk about that. that oh, of course. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I came up with the name Three Greens uh, about 10 years ago, <laughs> just as the name for my homebrew right. um, when I started flying. The name itself, I mean, three greens could could mean just about anything, but the term in the aviation context is a item performed before you land an aircraft where you put the landing gear down, you get three green lights, one for the nose gear and two for the main bogeys. Yeah, right. So one of the checklist items before you land is landing gear down, and on some checklists, down three greens. You check for three lights. Awesome. So that's where three greens came from, and hence the wings on the hops. Yeah, I love it. So good. Yeah. So, and, and I like that um, if you're not a plane nut, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, you're not looking at it going, ugh, plane nerds. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, uh, for, the, for the average punter, it's just, yeah. a, just a cool bunch of names, and there's three of you that, as well, which that was yeah, what yeah. we were aiming for. Yeah. So we, we were trying to... Um, we wanted to put enough little, I guess you'd call them Easter eggs, yeah, in yeah. the labelling and branding and naming yeah. um, that our pilot friends would uh, yeah, yeah. look at it and go, oh, yeah, I, I, I get what's going on there, and I want to buy some, because obviously that's what you want, to, want people to do, but also keep it accessible for the... Uh, you know, the average person. Also, a, a, a hot flower with wings looks cool. So. <laughs> there was that as well. It's, it's uh, very easily recognisable. And as you can see from the um, the side of our slab boxes, um, oh, yeah, right. you know, we really have put it um, everywhere. In fact, yeah, I think our, our festival marquee has the logo on it uh, 13 times, is it? <laughs> <laughs> In different sizes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite rude. It's yeah. absolutely, utterly obnoxious. <laughs> our, our festival marquee. That's great. Good on you. <laughs> and um, you know, you've on the website here, or even on the can, you've listed um, the ingredients. I think you touched on them before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, so pilsner wheat, toffee, malt, and rice. So, like rice. I mean, are you chucking rice in it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, yeah. Like bags of rice that you'd normally cook up and have with your uh, sardo chicken or something. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, it's it's the same stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. you can get it from most homebrew shops, uh, sure. dried and flaked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's something that I'd experimented with in yeah, right. in homebrew. Um, it just imparts that little sort of a nice sort of bit of mouthfeel, and it, I just find it a nice uh, a nice ingredient to work which sure. gives it almost a silky texture as yeah, well, okay. depending on the quantity you use so yeah this was reasonably small as mm. five to six percent yeah okay um but in terms of buying it from the supermarket and just throwing a bag of it into your mash um <laughs> won't quite work but you don't need to do much to it so you just right. need to modify it so that the sugars can be extracted sure. all you need to do for that is to boil it so yeah. provided you boil the rice then you can chuck it in your mash and you'll get fermentable sugars from it um, but Ooh. the way it's um, sold in homebrew stores, they 
Uh, not exactly how sure how they do it, but you buy it in sort of flaked form sure. where it's been modified so that you can get that starch out of yeah, it. Okay, I must admit, I've never even looked at it. I've heard rice hulls being put in there. Absolutely, for the mechanical yeah, no, for separation. Yeah, the one that you, you might have heard of or come across, the really famous one, is uh, Two Brothers uh, Kung Fu. Oh, That's right. That's got oh, rice right. in it. Sure. Um, and, um, well, as does Budweiser and that's right, Asahi. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm getting it lightened. Less craft beer, well. but still has And Budweiser actually published that on the front of the bottle. If you look in that small text on the Budweiser, you'll see it. It, it has rice in it. Yeah, and traditionally, because rice is very cheap, it was used as an adjunct in beer yeah. to make it cheaper to produce. Oh, right. And so. Brewing companies, you know, throughout the 20th century would try and disguise the fact that they were using rice, but Budweiser just put it right there on the front of their bottle. Um, but yeah, we, we use it for different purposes other than to make the beer cheaper because it doesn't make it any cheaper using 5% of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And we did, we did experiment. Um, we did, I lost count of the number of test batches um, for the, at least the first two beers, but, you know, some of them were just difference of 1%. In rice between mm. the two bottles, and then we taste them side by side, and and, and look at what we and you noticed. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought we noticed it. We, <laughs> <laughs> we can convince yourself of anything <laughs> under yeah. the right circumstances. Look, it was it was it was R and D, and uh, you know it was wife approved. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it, that was that was sort of how the rice wound up in there. Um, I guess the other thing. With the first two beers, at least, when you're designing beers by committee, um, so Julian is a relatively, well, not relatively, but he's a new addition to the business. When we first started, it was uh, Nick and I and another uh, friend from work who's uh, since moved to Sydney. So that sort sure. of wasn't really compatible with trying sure. to sell beer in Melbourne, unfortunately, and the you know costs of shipping beer are quite prohibitive. Sure. Um, he was more into it for the hustle as opposed to being a, a beer lover. So yeah, right, what okay. we found is when we designed the beers by committee between the three of us and two of us were really into beers, is basically the two of us wound up with a beer that we really liked. Mm. Um, and the Sunrise Ale really was the beer that I wanted to get at the start. <laughs> um, and that's and that's what wound up happening. And then the uh, the Red Rye IPA, which we'll be tasting next, is what that's Nick wanted. So that's what I okay. one way or the other, we both wound up with our beer yep. just by designing them by committee, just sort of... Circled mm. around, circled sure. around that that was the way yeah, it turned, okay. turned out. So. In the Nighthawk, the last one, we all wanted. <laughs> we all wanted, yeah. That's, I, that's the showstopper. I hadn't thought sure. about that, designing by committee. That's really interesting yeah. because well, Dave and I differ so much on, like, we probably overlap maybe 80%, mm. but then we differ massively sometimes. Mm. And so, three of you. And you, it I can't imagine that. Yeah. It's good with three people because you can always have a tiebreaker. Sure, yeah, sure. Okay. Two, yeah. Best, best two out of three wins. So when we were debating, so when we were debating different inclusions in the beer and um, yep. Yep. you know how do we want to modify, um, we could always just have a vote and say this is what we want to do. Like you know, do we want to go slightly higher ABV or more yep. bitterness or you know, sure. do we want to bump this malt up or yeah, change yeah. the colour? And hmm. it was all. Um, it was all just, you know, iterations through the test batches, yep. which is basically how we got to these two beers. Oh, um, and the awesome. overarching principle was that we wanted to make beers that we also wanted to drink. We that's didn't so want to go ch- yeah. uh, chasing trends or anything like yeah. that. We yep. wanted to make beers that we wanted to drink first and foremost. And then we figured, you know, hopefully we can sell beers that at least we like. Sure. Yep. No, fair enough. Well, I guess you introduced the next one, so we might as well rip into it. Okay, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's it.
So, so what's this one? Red Eye, Red Eye, Rye IPA. So we recently <clears throat> changed the name of this one. It was the Red Rye IPA. And no one would call it Red Rye IPA. Everyone would call it the Red Eye. <laughs> and so we just thought, well, if everyone's calling it that anyway, but that Red Eye it is. <laughs> with your aviation. It does. Anyway. It does yeah. too. So, yeah, that when, was... Again, yeah. That when was, we were at festivals, um, after a few beverages, most punters um, wouldn't really be able to articulate the Red Red Rye, red rye <laughs> IPA there. Yeah. Red, red, eye. red eye. <laughs> so we thought we might as well go with the flow. So yeah, oh, red that, eye. That works pretty well. So this is um, 6.2 ABV, 40 IBU, and 38 BBC. So it's sort of quite golden syrup sort of colour. Good, good call. Would you yep. reckon? Yeah, perfect, I think. And yeah. um, sort of that toffee sort of head on it. And yeah, hanging and, around too. And both beers have been <clears throat> quite clear too. So you guys, um, you're... Gypsy Brewers yep. at the moment, or contract brewers. Like, so where you brew out of, I mean, they've got an elaborate system that enables, or where do you brew out of? You know, can you, um, can we go into Yeah, absolutely. So we've used uh, two breweries thus far, both of which have been awesome to work with. Um, these two were brewed at Cavalier and Derrimut, and then the Nighthawk, which we'll get to, was brewed with Bonehead in Kensington. Sure. Um, no, nothing, nothing really elaborate with these ones, just time in the tank. Right. Cold conditioning, sure. you know, cool it down to one degree or whatever and just let it sit. All the big stuff precipitates out <clears throat> and falls down into that big conical section of the fermenter. Um, and, yeah, just it's just good standard brewing practices that they follow. Um, so how, yeah. long, how long would you cold condition it for? Um, from brew day to packaging day on this one, for instance, about three weeks. Sure. So it's not a... It's not a terribly long turnaround yeah. time. It'd obviously be longer if it was a lager or something like that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, after the primary ferment, yeah, you're looking at sort of a week and a half to two weeks in the fermenter. Sure. Okay. Just cool and down and then carbonate a day or two before packaging. Is this one dry hopped? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Both both of these are. Sure. <clears throat> this one's dry hopped uh, very considerably. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. As is the Nighthawk. Right, yeah. Sure. And... So that you said three weeks from um, putting in the tank to packaging. Yeah. A week and a half primary fermentation. Then you dry hop? No, they dry hop. Uh, <clears throat> sort of depends a little bit. But um, with this one, it was dry hopped about uh, three days before packaging. Right. Okay. So it's, it's been long. sitting there cold. Um, then they run it through... Uh, Run the dry hop through it. Do you just typically pour the hops in, like in a homebrew, or does it run There's, through it's a, called a, a hop gun? gun. Oh, hop gun yeah, so Cavalier yeah. use this uh, method called a hop gun. It's this right. German device. You yep. fill it with hops, and the beer basically gets pumped out of the fermenter through the hop gun and then back in. So the benefit of that is that your beer that's been clearing in the fermenter yep. doesn't now just get a whole bunch of hops dumped into it. Sure. Um, that you've now got to try and clear out. Yep. Uh, so that's the huge advantage of the hop gun. Yeah, so you can get enough. this um, amazing hop flavour without any of the uh, practical aspects of yeah, yeah, sure. throwing a whole bunch of hops into the fermenter. Yeah, okay. So no, like I said, no centrifugal action for the... Um, <clears throat> that's because it's yeah, really clear. I mean, I think I've mentioned before too that my homebrew generally turns out pretty clear as well and all I do is cold condition. So I'm just... Yeah. Well, no, I'm interested mean, no. that the larger 
Breweries do exactly the same. same. No, nothing beats cold conditioning. Mm. I mean, it's completely natural as opposed to, you know, throwing some sort of fining agent in, yeah, which sure. is also perfectly acceptable or filtering. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, there's just no substitute for it. The disadvantage, of course, is that it's taking up time in the tank. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So we've got two row, I guess, a, you know, just a pale malt. Yeah. Essentially. Yep. And um, rye, redback, and special B. So mm. Cross Redback before, but they're Gladfield malts, aren't they? Generally, uh, the first three are so Redback is a Gladfield malt. Sure. Special B is from Dingman's, yeah, from right, Belgium. Okay, Fair and enough. that gives it the really deep red okay. color. Um, the Redback gives it a, a sort of copper, mm-hmm. uh, copper to red, but the Special B gives it that dark, yeah, right, dark crimson. Sure, and uh, the hops there: Cascade, Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic, mm. which. Um, the only extra one on the uh, Sunrise Ale there is the Mosaic. Mm. The, so just same. typically um, big American, yep, American sure. hops. That's pretty tasty. I mean, it's definitely um, toffee. Yeah, def- flavour sort of roasted. It's really nice. Yeah, I really like it. Quite, yeah. I, um, with your session to savour, you said doing things by committee before. <laughs> who's, who's picking that? Who's, who's picking that? Um, I know. I've agreed with them both. You, you know uh, how I do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does it feel like today? feels like about uh, this, awesome. po- this point on the scale. But it's, very, it's very scientific. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell everything, everything that we've one, done. One millimetre out. The left or right gets debated for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Sometimes. And we would have had to scrap all the labels and start <laughs> again. Pre-print. Yeah. yeah. Actually, talking about the labels, how did you decide to... This seems to be happening a lot now with the the plain aluminium can and then the full label, which I reckon is mm-hmm. awesome because it gives you guys so much power over the whole. Yes, you can so you get a lot of real estate. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. To get our own printed cans, um, there's one of the difficult things about doing a small production-related business is uh, the minimum order quantity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the minimum order quantity for custom printed cans is up around 50,000 <laughs> 50, cans minimum. Um, you wouldn't um, fit them in here, would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be able to fill them or sell them either. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, by, by just using the uh, plain aluminium cans and, and seeing yeah. the label on, obviously makes it a lot more uh, economic and smaller yeah. scales. Sure. And we can also change our labels, which is what we've done yeah. with the, the red eye. So yeah, right. we had the red... Uh, rye IPA before, and we probably can actually show you one of those right on the shelf. Do you peel them off? No, so this was the we've brewed a second batch of this, right? Okay, so the first batch back from the archives is which doesn't make for a great podcast. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Hold it up to the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, if you want to just have a look at those side by side, (laughs) so there was small lessons learnt there about uh, you know text on the original can. Yeah, for sure. So, in a um, in a bar fridge, it just it it didn't pop out as much. No, right. Yeah. So you can barely read the three greens, and that was a hard lesson learnt for me about contrast and picking CMYK colours effectively for print because something will look great on a computer monitor yeah. looks completely different when you print it. Yeah. And so this was basically data collection uh, at great expense. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is, really. The whole thing is, yeah. <laughs> Am I kidding? At least you're learning something. Yeah. Yeah. So, and as you can see, if you compare the two cans, um, you know, one says Red Rye IPA, so you go, oh, that's great, I know what's in that can, yeah. and the other one says Sunrise Ale, and you think, oh, what, what on earth is that? Yeah, is sure. that it, yeah. Um, I'd still say sunrise means pale. Yeah, yeah. you know, so yeah, it gives you an idea, a concept of what you're yeah, expecting. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. people think, is, who've never tried it before, who just want to try a beer, 
they want a bit of certainty before sure. they sing. If you mm-hmm. buy them as a single, it's five dollars in a bowl shop. So yeah, before yeah. you spend that amount of cash, yeah. Yeah. you just want a bit more certainty as to what you're going to get. Yeah. I think and the other issue with this label as well is that it says Sunrise Ale. So you look at that, you think that's going to be something really, really nice and easy drinking. So a lot of people that aren't necessarily into craft beer might look at that and say that's a, it's a good approachable can, but sure. they're not expect the hops. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, which yeah, can yeah. then yeah. turn a lot of people, yeah. especially people that don't have a very well developed. Uh, beer palette. Yeah, um, sure. They can find hops quite. Yeah, I'll use the word okay. confronting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, and and some of the feedback we got that that was a little bit of a surprise as well for people um, that they just didn't expect for that much to be going on in the can. Yeah, sure. So I don't think you've talked about it. If you have, we'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> what was the backstory to this beer? Uh, the red, the red rye. Um, yeah, we wanted this one. I don't want no, this was the one I wanted. Yeah. Um, IPAs are my style. That's what I drink all day, every day, in every sort of weather. So I wanted an IPA, and I love using rye. Um, I just love the spice that it gives the beer. Sure. Um, so I was going to make a rye IPA, and then I started experimenting with some red malts, and I just love the colour and the flavour that it gave it. So red, rye, IPA. I'm like, all right, sold. It was it was as simple as that. I mean, I did probably about ten test recipes for this oh, one, sure. of varying um, success yep. with the test batches and varying amounts of uh, the red malts and hops and all of that. Then we sort of came across this one. It was uh, nicely balanced. <clears throat> I mean, in general, I guess you could classify it as uh, an American red ale or an American red IPA, yep. uh, but just with that rye in it, gives it a um, the nice bit of spice. Now you got a plane on this label. Is there yep. any, any significance to that? Well, just a um, to that model of plane. I mean, no, okay. not the not the model. No. Uh, just the fact that it was flying at night. So it's uh, yep. the red eye aspect. Yep. Because awesome. I had the, the black label and the you know um, mm. sort of silhouette of the aircraft. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, again, if you look in the light, you can see the speckles of stars on the... Oh, you can oh, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Get the, yeah, on get the, the label. Off. And yeah, again, if I, had, um, if I had my time again, I would have made them more pronounced because on the computer yeah. monitor, they look great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. back, I, I only, I've only seen one can of this and I thought it was a misprint. <laughs> <laughs> but what we found with uh, the red eye is it actually, it's actually been our best setter. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I think purely for the reason that there's so many good IPAs around and you rock up to a bar or a bottle shop and they go, oh, another IPA. But <laughs> we make it rye mm. and that gives it that little, you know, interesting aspect that is not all as common as a standard IPA mm-hmm. um, and people are just willing to try it. And that's probably the first hurdle. If they try it and they like it, then exactly. you're more likely yeah, to sell it. Yeah. If they go, oh, another IPA, I'll put it on the shelf, I'll try it on a, on a, on a rainy day. You, you know, this it's just hard to convert that into yeah. someone who tries it, then likes it, then buys it. Yeah, right. Um, and so, con- yeah. conversely with the Sunrise, even for bottle shops, they would know it's a pale ale and they would say, I've already got 10 pale ales on the yeah. shelf. Yeah, I, ca- sure. I can't stock it. So that's, yeah, but they said, but we don't have any reds. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Right. And that's a little so, point of differentiation. Yeah. And, and also we just love rye. Uh, one thing that we found is the, the fact that we've got rye in there changes the taste of the hops. Mm-hmm. So if you had exactly sure. the same hops, exactly uh, every the same adjuncts, everything else, but no... Uh, no rye, it would 
be a completely different beer. Yeah. So the rye just puts a twist on the hops that we really like. Yeah, right. Interesting. I actually bought a bag of rye. What are you bringing next? <laughs> when? What are oh, you bringing next? Are we turning the podcast around? <laughs> Tell us about your next batch. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was actually... Because I've got a, a just a stock standard house pale ale that I usually have and I keep running out because it tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I just thought I'd just want to try some rye. Check just a bit of rye and see know. what happens. Yeah, that's what we And do. Yeah, because I'll probably pigeonhole myself into one particular recipe or yeah, or a variation of the same mm, thing. You found what works. And, yeah, yeah, and what I like and what exactly others yeah. like when yeah. they come around and, and have a drink. So, you know, um, but I can't recall. We might have just tasted a few rye IPAs, I reckon, or a few rye beers, and I'll go, I've got to just try try that. So anyway, I found some. No, very good. Um, well, I've gone back for seconds on that one too. <laughs> yeah, that's no, pretty good. Yeah, have you you've had those before? You've had one of them before, haven't you? The sunrise. You've had the sunrise. Oh, I do oh, wear the sunrise. Actually, can. What was in the hops to home? That's coming up next. Yeah, yeah. I've had the night hawk. So yeah, right. we've been at uh, in the hops to home package for yeah, let's December. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, you're in mm. the December pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we I don't know if we talked. You about guys did the no. November. The November, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I. Hogged all the drank them before we had a chat. So how'd you go with the hops at home? Do you, I don't know if you want to talk about that or not. Do you, do you want to? Sure, yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. Did you um, approach them? Did they come to you? What? Yeah, uh, hops at home has been really good actually for us. It's been awesome in terms of just exposure. Yeah, like people hearing about us and finding out about us. Um, the way it worked is they advertised on Instagram, and we thought, ah. You can get beer online. That's that's <laughs> you can subscribe. Never heard of that. That's before. how we found it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, you can do that. Um, and then I just Instagram messaged one of the dudes. He just happened to live two suburbs away, and I said, "Hey, can I just drop off a few samples?" I said, "Sure." I actually he He wasn't home I actually put the samples in his mailbox (laughs) and the next day he was on to me he's like oh this is great I'm like yes (laughs) of course how much do you want and they said the whole lot so um, we actually rebrewed our Nighthawk second batch mostly to fulfill that order Um, and then we had um a bit left over as well so uh, it's been really good for us it's allowed us to brew our Nighthawk again sure. yeah. um, given us the exposure and um, yeah, you know sort of sold uh, all that beer it's been it's been fantastic yep. yeah right mm. that's awesome that's really good yeah right so we're about to um, hook into this um, Nighthawk rye double IPA which I'm looking forward to after reading about it Looking at 7.5 ABV on this one, and mm. 65 IBU and 25 EBC. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, um, let's say 25. 25. Is, that, is that what I wrote? That's yeah. It's off, <laughs> off the website. Actually, about the website too. Do, oh. you, do you guys maintain that? Yeah, yeah. Built and maintained. Because that's, uh, that's quite awesome. Um, a lot of brewery websites are sort of an afterthought, mm. but it looks like you guys have put in... Put in the hard yards to. Um, we are uh, first and foremost nerds. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I actually really appreciate it when you get a uh, a brewery's website that's got all the information there, um, and you can buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that's huge. That, like, yeah. I can't actually imagine. I've never done. I've done a lot of website work, but I've never done any of the, the shop front 
e-commerce platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've, I've never been part of that. I can't imagine what you know the work that would involve. So yeah, it's a credit to you. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> so is that through any? Is that through Shopify or something like that, or is it? Uh, through no, through Wix. So yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. online platforms yep. that, yeah, make, okay. that makes it pretty easy to be honest. Sure. There's still a fair bit of work in it, but before we launched our first beer, I said to myself, I specifically said, <clears throat> I want everything to be done before we have our first beer for sale. Yeah, right. I want to yeah. have business yeah. cards. The yeah. website link yeah. works and goes to a website where there's a store that you can buy the beer and the store works. Yeah. I want to have absolutely everything ready. And flick I, a switch. Yeah. yeah, flick a switch yeah. and there you go, here's our beer and now everything works. Yeah. yeah. Because there, I couldn't imagine how bad it would be and how embarrassing to go into a store and go, here's some of our beer. Have you got a business card? No, nah, sorry, we're still getting them printed. Yeah. We're still right. getting T-shirts done. Yeah. Do you have a website? No, nah, that's still being under construction. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that really irritates me when you go to try and go to a website that's <laughs> under construction yeah. or something. So I think you're right. I did absolutely yeah. all of that. That was that 9 to 10 or 12 months before we launched the beer. Just the build-up. We were getting all of that done. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome because I'm, I'm so surprised that... Um, well, maybe it's increased a little bit, certainly in the early days. Well, in the last few years, perhaps, not too many have um, had their own shops you yeah. know, where they can buy stuff. I, no. mean, I just find it's just such an easy way to sell beer, sure. Direct oh, to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So, Delivered to the middleman. And it's, if you wanted to buy beer, um, three greens or otherwise, you, you actually would get it cheaper online. Yep. On the on, on our website or on, on yep. the brewer's website, then you would be able to yeah, reach out. Sure. Um, yeah, obviously we we're quite careful about that because we don't want to undercut retailers. So we sell yeah. it at about the same price. Yep. But it's the convenience aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So tell us about this beer then. So the Nighthawk Riot Double IPA. What's what's behind the what's the backstory? This, this is one? the yeah, like Luke said, this is the beer we uh, we all wanted to make. <laughs> so what we did was we took the Red Rye IPA, bumped up the ABV, took out the red malts, and amped up the hops. <clears throat> so it's got that nice copper colour from mm. the um, the crystal. Yeah, the crystal malt. That's the one I was looking for. Take a look at the side of the can. <laughs> Can't nice. you remember? No. <laughs> yeah, the nice copper colour. Um, so it doesn't have that sort of uh, really deep, rich malt flavour that the red does. It's a mm. bit. It's almost easier drinking, even though it's higher yeah. ABV. Oh, I would say that. Yeah, lighter in colour and yeah. um, uh, the nice big American hops and the. The star of the show in this beer is the Australian hop Ella from yeah, Tasmania. Sure. Yep. So that's that's really front and centre in this beer. Sure. That's what you smell. So when you smell the beer, yeah. it smells so good. Oh, I can smell yeah. as soon as I crack the can. I can smell it. Yeah. Like yeah. From, from back here, it was that's, amazing. Yeah. So, I, that's why I love this beer. Yeah. You, you just smell it before you even taste yeah, it yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. That's Ella. That's what you smell. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So is Ella just the only one dry hop then, or? Uh, for the just a larger quantity for the dry hop, yeah, there was a bit of it in the whirlpool and a bit in the dry hop. Oh, when I say a bit, a lot, a lot in the whirlpool and a lot in the dry hop. So, yeah, very late additions. Yeah, about fifty fifty as oh. much in the whirlpool as in the dry hop. Yeah, okay. But <clears throat> a hop like that, you know, putting it in the boil is just wasting it. It, yeah. You're just ex- extracting bitterness. You could use sure. any hop. That's right. And particularly not one as expensive and or hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. No, fair um, I'm going to say that the honey colour. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That probably works. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that so is, that is really tasty. That's, that's a ripper. Mm, the but, uh, the <laughs> name came from the fact that it it's seven and a half percent, but quite easy drinking, it almost really is, like yeah. almost like a pale ale or an XPA. Mm. So the Nighthawk, named after the F one seventeen stealth fighter, because the seven and a half percent sneaks up on you by <laughs> stealth. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's where we got the name. I love it. I reckon yeah. it would too. I reckon you could um, mm. you could really trick people. Let them, you you can drink it. These. You yeah. can drink it by the pint. Yeah, quite comfortably, yeah, yeah. and it's seven and a half percent. So you wouldn't say comfortably. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's comfortable while you while you uh, while stay you're sitting, sitting down. Sit down. <laughs> if you stand up after a pint, you'll uh, you'll notice something. Well, they were on the saver side on your. We're side. definitely yeah. on the saver. Yeah, saver yeah. End. I mean that's that's definitely what it's targeted at. But um, yeah. but you know it's not not hard to knock one back by the same token. <laughs> and so with all three beers, um, you know, I guess we talked about most of the ingredients. Is there anything particular on the yeast, or is it just um, you know you just chuck in? So, you, you may be disappointed to learn this, but uh, <laughs> US05 yeah. uh, is the Toyota Corolla of yeasts. <laughs> um, and that's in uh, all three of our all beers. All three of our beers. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's funny, actually, when you go to a commercial scale, a lot of stuff, um, you know, these super time top editions and step yeah. mashes and stuff like that, it's not, goes, really, goes not, out the window. not really bothered with. Um, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. You've got, with, you know, when you're doing a commercial uh, scale brew, your margins for error are quite big, and you know sure. you, you tend to pay more attention to uh, water chemistry and stuff like that rather than being super picky about your your yeast. Sure. As yeah, as, it, as, as long as it uh, ferments out and, and, and doesn't mm. die off and yep. you know, uh, steps up nicely. It's yeah. So it was <clears throat> just bricks of USO five. Sure. Just bigger quantities of the little packets you get, yeah. just sprinkled into the fermenter. Yeah, right. Just nothing fancy about it. So you don't um, make a yeast starter or anything. It's just the, no. the bricks that are straight in. Just basket. yeah, five hundred gram blocks. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, five hundred sure. gram. Yeah. So yeah. they are uh, very, very straightforward. Yeah, exactly right. like homebrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what would this ferment out to? Like what um, origin? What, what's the AG to uh, finish gravity? Like you'd be probably what thousand and seventy or something. This one or oh 69? yeah, it was, it was about that sixty nine to seventy, and yeah. it was about it was a bit above ten, so twelve to fourteen yeah, somewhere right. no, to, to whatever way. to whatever comes yeah, out sure. to seven point five percent. I'd have to check the, the brew cards to get the exact numbers, but yeah, yeah, and you know, for a beer like this, we want it that final gravity, you know, on the little higher side to give yeah. it the body. You yeah. don't want it to be ultra dry. No, sure. It doesn't not it can't, no real sweetness coming in. No, no, it, it just gives it it gives it body but not yeah. sweetness. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So with the name, the the Nighthawk, like did you pick that before you even made it? You thought we're gonna make a high percentage It was Luke's idea. Yeah. It was the name was come up with for a uh, like a twelve percent stout. Right. That was going to taste like a four percent stout. <laughs> <laughs> and it was gonna be called the Nighthawk stout because it was yeah, the twelve percent snuck up on you. <laughs> but when we were going into summer, so we came up with this recipe in about September, um, about sort of four odd months ago. Wow! As we were going into summer, I said, "I'm not making a twelve percent stout." But oh, yeah. we thought the name's too good to not use. <laughs> so, and we wanted to make a double IPA. So we thought, "Oh well, perfect, perfect use of name." So, this is what often happens right you, you fall in love with a name or a concept yeah. like a super 
uh, strong stout, but dry as, and you ne- you never tried that before, or there's no really good examples of that. So you get really excited by it, and you even before you've made the beer, you you design the can on Nick has you yeah. know what it's going to taste like you know you know the name and you've already sold it yeah <laughs> and then you got to make it and then you got to actually make it yeah I mean I did all the label designs for the first two beers and indeed the Nighthawk um, before we even made the beers wow yeah we came up with the label and I guess that influences how we make the beer as well, because if you come up with what it's going to look like okay. on a shelf, then it gives you something to sort of shoot for. To aim for, yeah. Yeah. So you would have you would have done more than three. How many you got up your sleeve? <laughs> Generally, each time we have a meeting, it devolves at some point into a long discussion about different names. And beer styles. So we, we we have a long list of uh, there's a bank of names, yeah, a bank of aviation names which we've got up our sleeves. So oh, that's great. Uh, we can't give uh, those away just yet. No, but, uh, in, in the near future, you'll see a couple of them released. That's great. And and we'll see on the on the label there. You got the so the outline of the yeah the F one seventeen there. Yeah. So yeah. So I. When we did the first two beers, I didn't go too hard on the aviation aspect because I was a bit unsure about how people would react to it. But, and again, that was another hard lesson learnt because aviation is our point of difference. I should have gone all in on it because no one else is doing it. Yeah, sure. So now I've gone Nighthawk on this and on Bug Smasher, I've made the plane take up the size of the whole label. <laughs> so, and that's what I'm going to do for every subsequent beer. Oh, so it's no. going to be heavily aviation focused because it's a talking point. Yeah, People absolutely. It's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. So we have noticed in the last couple of months there's been a couple of beers brought to market uh, with very um, overt aviation uh, names or references on the label. Yeah, yeah and I, like I very much enjoy picking out the inaccuracies <laughs> in there. <laughs> Well, I've actually got a mate who's an aviation nut, and he's not a big beer drinker, but I told him I was catching up with you guys and explained the, the name and the yep. three, green, three greens and where all that came from, and he said, oh, I'm going to listen to that episode, and I'm going to get some of those beers. So, oh, fantastic. So it, yeah. sort of, like, it gives you another market that might not yeah. normally buy beers. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start talking about the aviation, some people are just full of questions. Yeah. And you, you're not even talking about beer anymore. No. You're talking about That's aviation, right, yeah. but then it always comes back to, oh, yeah, so you're from... Three grants. Oh, yeah, no, great to talk to you. I'll yeah, definitely yeah. get some of your beers. Yeah, that prompts the conversation, I think. And you've got, you've, you've got the content on the can that yeah. also helps. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's narrowing your market. I think it's, it's actually yeah, yeah. broadening it. And again, <laughs> again, lesson hard learnt that, yeah, I should have gone hard with the branding from the get go, yeah, yeah. but. At the we, end of the day, we were wary at the know. start. We didn't. We, we thought, you know, we don't want to be a. I would have been the same. And yeah. a niche sort of thing. We want to keep yeah. it open and accessible, and you know, we'll have a few little references. But yeah. we tried to keep them nice and subtle, and then mm. over time, we've just sort of jumped in with both feet. <laughs> so. yeah. As long as the name means uh, means something in you know for everyday people, and also has got an aviation reference, like we yeah. don't. Mm. If, if we had an obscure aviation reference as a name, it's not a model number of an airplane. Or no, no. Yeah. Well, it yeah. might not work as well. I yeah. had a couple of them. Like, <laughs> we had a few <laughs> suggestions. So, so somatographic illusion was one, of them. and uh, no, that's yeah, enough. Well, I'm like, yeah, damn right it is. <laughs> We've got a bigger bank of names that uh, we will not use. Yeah. 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 But it it also just helps to have, you know, for each beer to have the nickname, um, you know, so the Bug Smasher, the Red Eye, the Nighthawk, like just to have that, you know, nice and uh, 
easy to say, easy to remember. We can yeah. make it nice and prominent on the can, um, yeah. and then just have the you know the byline under the name, and you know tell the uh, observer what it is. Yeah. Yep. You know beyond that, so if you pick up the can, you go, oh yeah, Nighthawk. I know what that is. Oh, you know, it's 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 catchy. I've heard it before. Mm. Um, and it's oh, and it's a right up IPA. Oh, great, you know. So yeah, yeah. Sort of, and, the, and the other you thing created from, that connection from a practical point of view, you got to think about when you're standing in a bar looking at their tap list. A lot of places have blackboards, or they might have those letterboards. Yes, there's limited real estate. So if you make sure. the thing oh, yeah. five words story, long, yeah. they can't necessarily fit it up there. So the venue owner, he's got to truncate your name, and then it's not doing what you intended to do. So having yeah. short, sharp names. Um, is yeah, just a practical consideration as yeah, much yeah. as anything else. Mm, that's amazing what you uh, what you come across, isn't it? You don't yeah. think, you don't think about it. You stuff, wouldn't think about you? that uh, until you look up at a tap list and look at someone's name that's been abbreviated, <laughs> and you go, "Yeah, I bet they're steaming about that," <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. but they just can't fit it on it because their board's that wide. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They can't yeah. fit a five word title. There. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes makes people sense. That probably rounds up the beers. That we've had definitely, and I'm, I've liked all three, but I think I've just found my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's everyone's favourite. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty good. Actually, um... I don't mind the red eye. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. Eh? Yeah, I mean the Nighthawk is good. They're all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we found this, um, like we love all three. Right, it's like three babies, so it's <laughs> picking between your children. Um, and. Look, each, each of us sort of lean towards one beer. Mm. Um, or we all have it in our fridge and, you know, we know the one that we go for. Yeah, right. um, but then some people tell us, oh, we love the Sunrise or we love the Nighthawk and like, they're, they're perfect. Each person yep. likes um, a particular beer and that's exactly how we want it. Yeah, yeah. That's how the craft beer saying works. Everyone's got different tastes. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and so varied. Taste in the market, it just evolves. You know, so, so quickly. Yeah, right. um, beers that were being sold as IPAs five years ago are now just being sold as a pale ale. That's no right. One, yeah. Yeah. No one bats an eye. You know, the, <laughs> the, the collective palate of beer consumers has just moved uh, so far and, and, right? and okay. so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I guess for... Um, since we're sort of, I guess, while I finish polishing this off anyway, I don't know whether you want to divulge into to some of the listeners to see um, if people are interested in doing this sort of thing themselves like how hard is it where do you start I mean you said it was a well basically 18 months ago mm-hmm. you sort of started took you 12 months to get your first brew out yeah. to the market done a lot of web development yeah. things get the shop running your business cards t-shirts artwork yeah. you know mm-hmm. liquor licensing yeah. You know, yeah. contract brewers a lot different to beer producers yeah. etc so, it's, it's, so where do you like, where do you start where, where does the journey start and um, <laughs> you know obviously I suppose <laughs> well decide that you want to do it first and foremost because it's um, you know it is something that you've got to commit to um, you know the last thing you want to do is you know spend all the money to, to, to get some beer made and then have it sitting in storage uh, and not being sold or, or being drunk anywhere, then you've just got you know a lot of good house parties coming up. <laughs> yeah, so you need a plan before you start. Yeah. You've yeah. got to be committed to it. Yeah, because it's it's nothing but hard work, and there's no. It is good fun too. It I is mean, good. It's, it's great fun sitting in pubs talking yeah. about beers. Yeah. but yeah. there's certainly no financial reward for starting out as a contract brewer. <laughs> yeah, sure. But by the same token. There's not a huge amount of financial outlay. It's very simple to get into. So if you were looking at it from its most simple, all you really need is a liquor license, like a pre-retail license is one of the licenses we have, which allows you to sell to another license holder. So you can't sell to the public. 
you can't even yeah. buy your own beer from your own company. Right. Because wow. you as an individual don't wow. have a liquor license. Sure. Wow. So to buy your own... This is what we came across <laughs> with a pre-retail license. For us to buy a slab of our own beer, we would have to sell it to a bottle shop, then buy it back off the bottle shop. <laughs> Seriously. That's unreal. So then we got what's called a limited renewable license, which allows us to sell limited quantities of our beer through the website. Sure. So that's how we're able to process deliveries to the public and indeed buy our own beer. Okay. Um, in small quantities. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, it was just uh, obviously setting up. Uh, we, we've set up as a company, um, so yeah. getting that set up. There was, you know, a directors' agreement. Um, sure. Company registration, liquor licensing, uh, getting everyone current on uh, RSA, yeah, like responsible yeah. service oh, yeah. and alcohol oh, certificates. Yeah. Uh, new entrant training. New entrant yeah, training. Yeah. training. But that was just for, not for canning, that was for... Oh, for working, selling the, the working festivals, festivals yeah, and okay, stuff sure. like that. Yeah. But to get the liquor licence to begin yeah, with, RSA. one of the directors has to have an RSA. It's right. I mean, an RSA is half-day course, so yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a big deal, but um, it's just one another thing that you have yeah. to do. So to get the renewable limited licence, you need new entrant training and RSA. That's it, yeah. basically? Yeah, so. and the pre-retail licence was the same. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they were both about the same requirements. And the best way of going about starting this thing is to just look at the liquor licence application and look at all the fields that you need to fill out, and that tells you exactly what you need to do yeah. to start a brewing company. Sure. So you just go through it, and it's like ABN. You're like, oh, well, I don't have one of them. Get ABN. <laughs> <laughs> then the next line is... Uh, Attach your RSA. Don't have an RSA. Go get an RSA. <laughs> and so you just go through the application, yeah. ticking off the yeah. boxes, getting the relevant bits of paper, and that's that's pretty much all we did. Yeah, yeah it, it, it took all up about a year of. I mean, and, and it wasn't like we were working on it full time at that point because we were also doing all of the test batches and stuff like that. And you know, we had to sort of figure out, I guess, the philosophy of not. Philosophy of beer sounds like a bit of a. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I'm playing with myself, but um, you know, we, we wanted to sort of make sure we were um, very clear about what we wanted to achieve and sure. why we were doing this and uh, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, we had to get our wives on board with, mm. uh, you know, taking money out of the mortgage, which. <laughs> And time. It's more time it. than anything else. Yeah. It'll yeah. take up as much time yeah. as you let it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure. <clears throat> the only way to make it successful or even to sustain the company is to put a lot of time into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, we can't afford to pay sales representatives or anything like that. Yeah. So it's the three of us. We've done everything ourselves, from yeah. the T-shirt design to the can design we're talking about yeah. to we, we're there on brew days, we're there on packing day to help mm-hmm. everyone out. Yeah. And the festival we're, days. The festival is yeah. just the three of us. Three of us serving. Yeah. Uh, the website, the accounts payable, the accounts receivable, like we, the deliveries, we do everything. <laughs> I ourselves. drove to Mount Macedon yesterday with three kegs in the car. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and that's that's, that's the reality of a small business, right? Yeah, yeah. Every small yeah. business yeah. owner does yeah, it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's that's exactly where we've got to. And I think if I was to give a piece of advice to anyone who's thinking, oh, I've got a bit of money there, I want to, <laughs> I want to do a brew and sell it and. You know, see it in, at Dan Murphy's. Um, <laughs> uh, have a network of people that you can 
sell you beer to even before you start yeah this was huge for us sell a concept sell an idea of who you are what you're going to try and do so for us we you know we saw the aviation uh story and who we were and the styles that we're trying to go for and people got excited about it so that when we put the beer in front of them they knew about it that was not the first time they heard about our story and what we were there for and so they had all of that background they tasted the beer it matched with what they thought we were doing or what we were telling them we were about. And they said, okay, please uh, give me some <laughs> yeah, uh, bring it on. kegs yeah, or yeah. whatever. And, and with that, you know, developing those relationships was key and still is to our ongoing success because before we even came up with this idea... I got to know a few of the bar owners and managers around here just because I would go in and drink craft beer and chat with them. And, you know, you become friends and you develop relationships. Then when we came up with idea, this idea, I would mention it to them and they, because we were friends, that's, oh, as soon as you get a beer, bring it in, Let we'll put know. it on. Sure. And those were sales that we never even had to make. Yeah, <clears> right. Yeah, right. And those managers and bar owners have been our biggest supporters hmm. throughout Throughout awesome. the time, and you know, they're repeat customers, which is yeah. exactly what you need. Yeah. And then, even if they go to, you know, we've just had um, one manager has you know left one bar that was a good customer and has gone to another bar yeah. straight off the bat. Has that um, new bar has miraculously ordered has, a has bought some kegs, but we're still selling kegs to the old bar. Perfect. So, I mean, it's you know, it, it's not about it's not about the beers as much as that's about the relationship with yeah, that yeah, sure. with that manager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the beer's got to be good, right? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. we're confident we're making a good beer. <laughs> But people like there's so much good beer out there. Yes. So you've yeah. got to build on that relationship so that uh, when the person wants to order a beer, they know that the beer is good, the story is good. They can actually tell the story to their customer yeah. Yeah. if they know you well enough, and the customer is going to feel like they're drinking a local product with a story, yeah. with a backstory, and um, they, they're going to like it even more than yeah. if they were just drinking a beer. Well, about the backstory, I, I love your guys' backstory. That I actually explained it to my wife, and I she doesn't drink beer, and it's the first time that I've actually explained the backstory yeah. about beer to, to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, the three greens and the aviation, mm-hmm. and you guys all being in that sort of industry and all that sort yep. of stuff. I reckon it's awesome. Mm. Yeah, and look, and w- walking into a bar and trying to sell beer is... Um it's pretty difficult if you don't have any introduction. Um, there are a lot of beer companies out there, a lot of reps getting around. And, you know, sometimes you, you'll go in and you need to, you know, find out who the manager is and then organise the time to come in and talk to them and, and give them some beer. Wow. And then you've got to go back a second time, have a chat <laughs> to them, give them the beers. Then you've got to go back a third time, hopefully to try and close a sale. But, you know, then they might go, oh... Um, you know, oh, can you come back next week? I'm too busy. I haven't tasted it. And yet. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that. Yeah. The classic was after about four weeks of repeated visits and everything, we finally gone in to try to close it, and uh, the manager had left the business. <laughs> yeah. That was at quite a big craft beer bar as well. And, <laughs> and at that point, you go, oh, do we have to start again? Yeah, start yeah. from scratch yeah. with a new manager uh, all over yeah. again. So it's. Um, yeah, that aspect of it is difficult. We've, we've definitely had more success with the sales, with bars with the managers that we knew sure. beforehand. Yeah. Okay. So for those starting out then, the biggest challenge? Uh, yeah, selling. Selling is yeah. the biggest challenge. Um, all of the admin, the paperwork, that there's a lot of it, but it's within your control. Mm-hmm. Provided you spend the time on it and get it done, it's not an issue. Label design, all of that's within your control and all of that is where you're paying someone else. Yeah. <clears throat> where you're going... 
to go and ask someone for money, yeah. you're basically, the way it was described to me by one of the brewers at Cavalier was, you're walking into a company and asking for a job with no experience <laughs> and, no, and no resume. And they're not advertising. You, and they're not advertising. <laughs> so you're asking them to give you a job and pay you money when they know nothing about you and you can't even give them your CV. Sure. Um, because you don't have one. So, yeah, wow. that's what it's like. So the selling is easily the most difficult aspect of it. Um, and it's, you know, some people are great at it. Um, it it just requires time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Short time, which it's is available. a short supply with all it's, three yeah. of us. Yeah. It's and it's just you know something that people know how to do naturally. We don't. We we just try and bring ourselves, try yeah. and bring the beer, that, bring the yeah. story, and you know hopefully see what happens. Mm. Um, and those people we can try and make a connection with. They understand we're not just there to sell them beer, but to you know take interest into their business. Yep. Um, tell them about our business and if we manage to connect on that level then they're much more likely to you know, yeah, sure. yeah. When, order. when we were about to launch the first beer I was um, in one of my uh, preferred drinking establishments in the uh, inner north and um, I said to the manager there mate you know you, you know I've got some beer coming out and like how do I actually go about selling this and he said uh, uh, how do I go about selling it to a bar that I've never been to before and I don't know the manager because obviously you're going to buy some from me. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he said, uh, well, the first time you go in there, he said, go in when it's nice and quiet, sit down, order a beer, drink your beer, get a feel for the place, get a feel for the atmosphere, the sort of beers that they've got on tap, and then leave. Right. And then come back in a couple of days, do the same thing, introduce yourself, don't mention that you're trying to sell beer. <laughs> you know? Once Jeez. they get sort of comfortable with you and know who you are, then you come in and say... Oh, hey, by the way, I uh, I sell some beer. And, you know, even it, it, so it's just a, a, a time commitment. And obviously, sure. you wind up um, spending more money than you make in a lot of <laughs> <laughs> We had to decide very early on that drinking in the pub is not considered a business expense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would have been a very, short, very short-lived business. If that <laughs> yeah. huh. um, and you can also then sort of, uh, you can almost detect the uh, the change in the air when you uh, need to steer the conversation around to uh, <laughs> sure to by the way I'm selling some beer and you can sort of you can see their back stiffen and <laughs> uh, you, you can you can see they're on guard because um, you know a lot of venue managers they just there there are just streams of reps getting around yeah. um, and that's it's really interesting even with some of the ones that I knew quite well that I mentioned hey I've got that we've just launched the beer I've got it you know ready to go today. All of a sudden, I went from customer to salesman. Yeah, wow. And their demeanor changed. They went from hospitable, um, you know, <laughs> manager of a, you know, publican that was yeah. trying to get my business yeah. to to business mode. Well, they okay, from, now yeah. what are you selling? Well, because they went from selling you stuff to... Yeah, to yeah, and, yeah. and I was, I was yeah. quite taken aback. I thought, oh, you know, I thought this was all going to be easy, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, they... It's very much uh, business-like once you go from being customer and switching that around. Yeah, wow. So that was quite an eye-opener. Um, having, having said that, we've in our uh, first six months, we've sold quite a bit of beer. We're in 30 bars and bottle shops in, in, in and around Melbourne. Yep. Um, and uh, once, once you um, get the people to take a punt on you and those bar owners who have, and we've just... 
think them until the end of days. Yeah. Um, they take a point of view on you because even if they like the beer, they don't know whether their customers are going to like the beer as oh, much course, as them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So when they see that the beer is is going well, then you know they love you even more. Uh, and so it, it's that sort of cycle that we're just trying to get onto, right? So try our beer. Um, let us know what you think. And we try to get them to tell us, oh, I put a bit more hops there or, you know, change this, change that. Just so they feel like they're contributing to our venture. And they don't. Sure. Like the second batch of the Nighthawk that we've just t- tasted is taste the way it does because of the feedback that we received. We sure. listened to yeah, all right. of that and yeah. put it straight back into the brew. Yeah, and then so we, we, go we altered it slightly from the first batch okay. um, based on the feedback that we got. Yeah, right. And we go back and say, all right, we've brewed this with your feedback in mind. Tell us how it tastes. And all of a the sudden, they go from, you would be tasted pretty good before to, now you've nailed it. Sure, right. Give me a couple of kegs. Yeah, that's, right. you know, that, that's the way. Yeah, that's right. the way it works. That's interesting. So what's next for you guys? You've obviously had a fair journey. Yeah, we were discussing that this morning. Um, <laughs> given that in about a month's time, all three of us are going to have uh, children under one year of and they'll feel age. Your pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's going to be limited, and we still all three of us have full time jobs. There's going to be yeah. a limited amount of time we can spend on this, but we want to keep it ticking over as best we can with the time that we have. So, I think in reality, we'll keep the three beers. That we've launched, they will continue to uh, will continue to put them out into the market so mm-hmm. as necessary. Range. Ideally, we'd be able to launch another product line sometime within the next year, yep. um, but that will obviously be time permitting and depending on how much we can get out there and sell, because it's quite a big financial commitment for us to get labels printed, sure. get a, get a brew done, all of that. So we've got to have a bit bit of money in the bank before we can embark on that sort of project, but. Yeah, it will essentially, um, we'll keep it ticking over with these three beers and we'll always be developing new ones on the yep. on the test and, setup and, and, and doing beer festivals, beer of festivals. course. Yeah. yeah, so beer festivals often um, want you, would like you to brew a beer, a festival beer, which we're more than happy to and we just, uh, we've got a couple of beer festivals coming up and Gab's in the middle of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Sure. So already we've got our beers planned for those festivals that we're going to attend. Yep. Um, They'll be much uh, smaller brews though, probably uh, 100 to 150 litres. Yeah, so right. very much on the... So where will you do that? On the small because side. you won't do them at Cavalier or where? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of breweries have got uh, basically pilot sure. setups um, that they use for these One to 200 litre, yeah, you know, three vessel setups sure. that... We can go in and um, if they're, you know, nice enough to let, let us use them, <laughs> which, which they are. Um, sure. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just go in and brew, you know, maybe one or 200 litres and yep. uh, put it out in limited releases. And if that works for festivals, then hopefully throughout the year, rather than launching a full product line, maybe we can sure. get out to a couple of our, um, our local bars that have put our stock on and maybe, you know, throw them... 30-litre keg of a limited release that yeah, they'll put okay. on for a while. Sure. Because yeah. the great thing about kegging is that we don't need to get all the packaging made. We don't need to get yeah. the mobile canning oh, line yeah, in. Yeah. You can just you can brew 100 litres, make two kegs of it, and off you go, print up a tap decal that costs you 50 cents. Yeah. Whereas to do a canning run is a big deal. Yeah, sure. You need the canning line in, mm. need labels, cans, the works. Yeah, okay. So it's a big financial commitment, whereas doing a few kegs here or there sure. is very much more doable. Yeah, right. Let's um, 
Sounds very exciting. There's a lot coming up there. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Yeah, look, we're uh, where we're recording today is actually the Three Greens um, Pilot Brewery, Um, so that's where uh, it's Nick's basement. Uh, That's what it is. So that's where we develop all of our recipe. We we tweaked and you know change and try to improve the recipe every time, and then. We brew in bigger quantities, and that's um, that's where we want to try to also prepare those special breweries for festivals. Mm. So we've got a whole list lined up. We've got already all the cool names in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look so, forward to uh, it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I guess um, I don't know. No, I think that's about it. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Unless, unless you guys have got anything else you wanted to add, uh, just we, 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 we probably yeah. should do the quick bit of uh, promo. It's threegreensbrewing.com. Um, I was going to throw yeah. that in, but go yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we doing the outro? Okay, <laughs> You should be able to find us in uh, all of your your favourite craft beer venues, and if you can't, please go in and in uh, hassle hassle the manager to uh, to get us in. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yep. Drop and us a note, um, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yep. And order our beers online. Uh, so you can go to threegreensbrewing.com slash shop. Can order beer from our website, and we will deliver uh, direct to your door for a very reasonable fee. And not just beer; you got the t-shirts on there as well. Got the t-shirts on there t-shirts. as well. That's right. We might even uh, come up with some stickers or something like that at some point. Yeah, we'll get some. Yeah, yeah, we'll you get got caps. Oh, not no, yet, no, but we're, sure. we'll try and get some of that stuff sorted. <laughs> yeah. um, no, can't rush these. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also be at a couple of beer festivals coming up. We're going to be at uh, Brewers Feast in February, which is at the Abbotsford Convent. On the 23rd and 24th of Feb, so that's a Saturday or a Sunday, or and a Sunday. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you have to pre-buy tickets to that, or you can uh, show you up? You can pre-buy and you can show up. Okay, cool. Mm. Um, okay. And we'll be at uh, Gab's in May. Uh, this year where is Gabs correct building and we've got a couple more festivals that we will probably attend to this year um, and um, if you follow us on Instagram and all of our social media we'll, we might have a few more things uh, coming up during the year where you can uh, potentially get involved with Three Greens and uh, see what we're up to and uh, see what we're going to do. Beautiful. We'll put all those links in the show notes as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yep. For those that, like that can't find them through all of that, <laughs> find us obviously on um, yeah, AussieBeerExplorers.com and we're also on Instagram. So, um, you yeah, you people know who we are. <laughs> You've downloaded it, so you must have it. Yeah. Anyway, well, I guess um, that's about it. Yeah, I need to top up the glass. Thanks for having no, us. Thanks for the yeah. Well, yeah thanks for the chat. Oh, it was no, awesome, right? That's yeah. really good. Thanks yeah. for having us, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Cheers. Cheers.